Today on CityCast Denver, what a crazy week it's been in Colorado politics. We've got a governor making a big show of giving us our own money back, a state rep arrested for driving under the influence, and another who's fighting for his crass nickname to appear on a primary ballot. I mean, come on, dude. Does anyone really call you Dave Let's Go Brandon Williams? Me and Bree are talking it all out with Westward's editor and founder, Patty Calhoun. Today is Friday, April 29th, 2022. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the capital of Colorado, or should I say Colorado? <laughs> We're back in the Lindy Zimmer studio here at Westward. It's Friday. We're looking at the news of the week. Bree is here, of course, our regular host. Bree, welcome. Hi, Paul. Bree, we did that show about um, the Denver accent earlier this week. Did you get any interesting responses from that? I wanted to ask. You know, I just, some folks were pretty bummed to know that mountain is not a regional thing. We don't drop the T in mountain as yeah. something Coloradans do. That is a Americanized version of English. So I definitely heard some of that. Uh, I got some tweets from folks and likes from folks that I could hear their voices in my head and thought, please call in. I want to hear you <laughs> on record. I'm thinking of my friend Justine Sandoval. She's got a, she has a Colorado accent that always is in my head when I think about who sounds like Colorado to me. So Justine, if you're listening, call in. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we got, I don't know. I just got a nice response. I thought it was such a fun show and it was such a great conversation. I loved it. Mm. Mm. Uh, also joining us today is Westward's founder and editor, Patty Calhoun. Patty, welcome. Good morning. Patty, do you have a favorite local linguistic quirk or language thing? The fact that no one can pronounce some of the wildly odd towns like Genoa, as opposed to Genoa, Colorado. Genoa? Is that it's you say Genoa. That? Okay. Sawash. I'm, I'm learning something mm -hmm. today. Sawash. That's S-A-G-U-A-C-H-E. Yep. Okay. Buena Vista. So just depending on who you're with. Yes. The the Buena Vista, Buena Vista fight Buena is Vista. contentious. I'm not stepping in that one. I'm not going to say I know. It. I try to stay away from that But Genoa is a good one. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so a couple of weeks, you two and our producer, Xander McMahon, had a really nice conversation about the upcoming elections. And it was, I thought it was, it was lovely because it struck a really hopeful note um, that I found inspiring. Uh, but we're still stuck with the people that are currently in office. And this was quite a week for Colorado politicians. So let's get into it with, with a first story. Um, this was a big one. Our generous governor, Jared Polis, announced on Monday that all Coloradans will be receiving $400 checks late this summer. Coincidentally, just a few months before he's up for re-election in November. Um, I really wasn't kidding when I performed Paul Simon's hit single back in January, that we want to find 50 ways to save people money. And today, we're taking another big step to save people money. Uh, the proposal that will soon be introduced, the Colorado dividend for every hardworking Colorado taxpayer will give refunds of $400 per person, $800 per joint filer this summer, uh, late August, early September. Patty, I want to start with you on this one. Am I wrong to be a little bit cynical about the timing of this announcement and the, the election coincidence? 
Well, you are certainly not alone in being suspicious about this. It's not as though Jared Polis needs the help. He, In fact, he could probably just give us all $400 out of his own bank account and still win, still mm. have enough money for his campaign. But there are other Democrats that are going to be in danger. So, yes, it will certainly help maybe some of the Democrats. Can you be bought for $400? Hard to know. You can maybe buy 100, gal- 100 uh, gallons of gas, but can you buy a vote? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so these $400 checks, this is this is money that would have otherwise come to us in the spring as a refund through this tax policy mechanism that Colorado has that's unique called the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. Brie, Tabor. Tabor. I don't... Sending it over to you. Here's, <sighs> you. I know you don't want to answer this I question. Know, I'm, like, I'm giving I've... it to you, though. What is what is Tabor? Where is this as money coming from? As far as I understand, it is we have this cap on what taxpayers' money can, however much money we raise, there's a cap on it. And once we hit that cap, it goes back to taxpayers. So I guess what, what that hits on to me that was, I don't want to go so far as to say Governor Polis was being disingenuous, but his tweet was like, Good news, everyone. You're getting $400. And it's kind of like, well, isn't that our $400 anyway? Is this really a gift? Well, you know, there's no press release that goes out of the governor's office now that doesn't start with how we are saving you money by not burning up the state in wildfire. It's always starting with how we are saving you money. And that's the message they want to keep going through, obviously, until November. We passed the Taxpayer Bill of Rights in 1992. That's what's amazing. It's been since then. And the controversial Doug Bruce, who's been very silent on this right now, which is weird, um, was the one who got it through. And the issue about the refunds has always, and a cap on spending, has always been controversial. What was obviously much more popular was that you had to take it to the voters if you wanted a tax increase hmm. to add any kind of taxes. And that is really what it got over at the top back in 92. So, Patty, a lot of folks say that Tabor is not great for us. In in this instance, I would say if we took all those $400 checks and put them towards things that we do badly need, you know, maybe if it's infrastructure, maybe it's housing, maybe it's better pay for public sector workers, I don't know. Um, but there's I, I, this argument I hear over and over again is it's very hard to repeal Tabor and we can't really do anything about it. We're sort of stuck with it. What is what is it about Tabor that makes it so difficult? Well, really that you have to that you would take away the power of the citizens to vote to tax themselves more and you would give it back to the legislators and that's the big issue. People oh. don't want to give the legislators the right to increase taxes. Okay. So, but the cap on spending is a different issue. The other thing is, if no one got their $400, would it guarantee that the $400 went to where it should, should go? And that's always one of the issues that's with government. That's the question. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Bree, do you think, so So, like I'm seeing this as um, Polis is prioritizing this like cost of living issue, like the affordability issue over that, all of those other things that you just mentioned, like that this money could be going to if we like took the... The, the budget surplus and, and sent it towards like the mental health or the transportation infrastructure. Do you feel like that reflects what people care about right now in your experience? Like the cost of living, is that the priority for voters? 
Yes. I mean, I think so. But I also wonder, like, I'm trying to think, I'm in a more financially secure position than I've been in a long time. So I was thinking back to when I was working more freelance jobs and $400 would have been a big deal for me. Like it would have helped, it would have been a little bump. But I wonder at the, where we are, is that enough for, to make a difference for folks who are struggling with cost of living issues? I mean, that's not, I mean, I think Teague Boland did a list for Westward of like what you could spend the $400 on. And it was like a couple days worth of rent. Eight right? days. In the average eight, rent, who would buy that? Eight <laughs> days of rent. That's not going to help anyone. So could we put that money, if we put it all together towards something for the betterment of Coloradans? That's a good question. But I see what, what you're saying, Patty, that um, folks are like, but do I trust my legislators to do right by me? Maybe not. Hmm. Would hmm. they put it to education? Would they put it to mental health? Would they put it to roads? Or would they put it to expanding bureaucracy that maybe doesn't work? Right. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our second story. This one, Bree, I'm, I'm particularly eager to hear your thoughts on. Um, so the Democrats of Broomfield this weekend ha- have to pick a new candidate to be on the ballot for the, the state house race this fall because State Representative Matt Gray last week showed up to his kid's school, seemed to be drunk, and uh, he got arrested. And now he says he's not running for re-election. Um, it's a sad story. It's another complicated story. Bree, what was your first response to the news of Representative Gray's? How sad for his kids. I mean, as a child of an alcoholic, as a recovering alcoholic myself, I think, I just think about what those kids went through and how awful and embarrassing this must have been for them. And also, this is just one publicly, one public experience with this person. Uh, Who knows what things are like at home? His wife, his ex-wife kind of spoke out and was like, well, I'm not surprised. And uh, again, as a recovering alcoholic, a lot of times the folks around you that love you know and acknowledge your problem before you do. And so uh, his, and his response was, pretty embarrassing like he was like google me do you know who i am like that doesn't change the fact that you maybe showed up to your kid's school drunk so i i hope that by not running for re-election that that means he's going to take some time to figure out what's going on with his life and deal with his own personal stuff but i just my heart breaks for his kids mm-hmm. so when the, when the news broke about this last friday morning gray tweeted he since deleted this tweet but he tweeted that he wasn't drunk but that his symptoms of anxiety and depression are such that too many people are worried when they're around me. Now, I thought that was really interesting, Patty, because it brought up this this question about mental health and this new openness that, that we have as a society. And we've talked about that before. How do you see this story in that context? It would be a lot more persuasive if he had taken a breathalyzer test, mm-hmm. if he'd agreed to take a test. Mm. Uh, and I think if you are if you have different a condition that might read as drunk, but you are anxious or something else, that's something you just have to deal with. You've got to assume that the authorities who don't want you to pick up children when it appears you are drunk, they are acting in the, in the best interest of the children. So whether or not people are misunderstanding your condition, which doesn't look like they were misunderstanding his condition, you still have to say they were working for a greater good by not letting kids get in a car with someone who appeared to be drunk. Mm. Bree, what do you think this says about our politics right now? Um, 
I mean, I think it just is that po- politicians are people at the end of the day. Uh, they're dealing yeah. with the same things that we're dealing with. How they handle those things often is under more scrutiny because they're public officials. Um, I think there is an interesting piece with this, like if you know, if he wasn't drunk, if it was uh, some other health issue. I'm thinking about. I had a teacher who went into diabetic shock once when I was in college, hmm. and that looks very much like you're drunk. Hmm. Um, so it could have been a situation like that. But again, I think Patty is so right. How he responded in that moment says a lot about what was maybe potentially really going on. Hmm. So, And it's not that people don't forgive politicians. We've certainly had plenty right. of politicians who have said, I have a substance abuse problem right. and have gone to get help and have gotten reelected. So in this case, it sounds like maybe he really realized he should be working on his life. It's possible he could have weathered it. I don't know how popular he is in his yeah, area, know. but it's possible he could have gone through. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely room and space, and I, I hope for redemption for this this person if he does want to come back into politics. But I do think um, not running was the right thing to do. All right, let's move on to our last story. We've we've talked so far about a Democrat from Broomfield. We've talked about a, a sort of Democrat. Polis is a sort of Democrat from Boulder. Um, let's take a look at the other side of the story. Let's look at Republican state politics. Republican state representative Dave Williams of El Paso County is running for even higher office this year. He's challenging Doug Lamborn to, uh, to represent Colorado in Congress. And this week, uh, a judge decided that he is not allowed to include his nickname on the ballot in that primary. His nickname, Let's Go Brandon. I can't believe this is real. He's not allowed to appear as Dave Let's Go Brandon Williams on the ballot. Um, Patty, you flagged this story for us. What do you think this this story is all about? It's all about Dave Williams desperately trying to get some attention against Doug Lamborn, get some traction by going to the right of Doug Lamborn. And that's not easy, let's face it. But whoever wins the Republican primary in that El Paso County is going to be the next congressperson from that area. That's just how red that area is. But Let's Go Brandon is not a nickname mommy gave him in the cradle. (laughs) Let's Go Brandon just emerged last fall as basically an FU President Biden. And It's reasonable to say if it is not a nickname you've gone by your whole life, like Mitt Romney or Mm -hmm. something that you are known by, it's reasonable to say you cannot put it on a ballot. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've seen plenty of, I mean, we've seen Lauren Boebert put Let's Go Brandon on her behind when she was in a tweet with uh, Donald Trump. We just don't need to go that far in politics. Fair to put on a nickname if it's what you always use, but not a political statement. Yeah, it's just so clearly just like a slogan right now for the for the right for the far right. Um, Bree, what do you what do you think about Dave? Let's go, Brandon Williams. This is some white nonsense. Okay, okay. What do you mean by that? He's an elected official wasting our time, money, resources as a state. Like if I had voted for him, I would be livid right now. Like you're wasting my money and my time. To, to prop up this, pardon my French, bullshit slogan and pretending that this is some sort of like actual issue that he's saying he's going to take it to the Supreme Court. Get a life. Hmm. A, grow up. Two, this is why people don't vote. Honestly, I wouldn't, if this is the kind of thing that elected officials are wasting my time with 
as the person representing me, I would be so pissed. I just think this is totally immature, ridiculous, and embarrassing for Colorado. Not that it's anything new, especially because he's connected to Boebert in some capacity, which is like our the king of all embarrassments right now for Colorado. But like, grow up, dude. Like, get a life. And like Patty said, like, I didn't think about that aspect, Patty, actually, the nickname thing, because there are folks who go by nicknames their whole lives. That's how they're known. If they're on a ballot, if Mitt Romney was under whatever his given name is, it'd be harder for people to identify him, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is such a plain play at this this baloney thing that this far-right group has decided to identify as which is stupid to begin with it's and they think it's so quirky and funny and it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard Mm. get a life dave williams and also maybe just resign (laughs) you're embarrassing get a better nickname also yeah how uncreative are you i mean if lauren bobert was Mm. lauren let's go to jail bobert after we're now hearing that she was in on those early talks about how yeah her name has come up as being at the early meetings Okay, I could I could maybe go for that, but the ballot's supposed to be finalized <laughs> today. It's going to be too late for Dave Williams to have any nickname other than maybe loser. It's such a wa- <laughs> it's such a waste. It's such a waste. We're involving the court system. We're involving Jenna Griswold. Like, come on, dude, get a life and do something else outside of politics if this is how you operate. Mm. Um, Mitt Romney's uh, real first name. I happen to know this. It's Willard. <laughs> Willard I'd go by Romney. Too. Yeah, I know. I was like, I'd go by Mitt also. <laughs> yeah. So this like this let's go Brandon slogan. I, I don't know, maybe I feel like I should just say like a little bit more about where that came from because I don't know if all listeners know that. It's from this NASCAR event <laughs> where there was a, a driver named Brandon and uh he was being interviewed and in the background the crowd was all chanting F Joe Biden and the, the interviewer asked him like what what is what do you what do you think about this and he said, "Oh no, they're saying let's go Brandon. They're cheering for me." And so now the right has picked up this slogan because it kind of sounds the same. F Joe Biden and let's go Brandon. It's like so it's a, not, doesn't even like really mean anything specifically. No, it's me. like a meme. It's like taking on a meme and making it your political statement. Yeah. Like it's it's just like there couldn't be anything more hollow about this story and more ego centric. I mean, it's just it, there's nothing. It's bullshit. Hmm. Sorry. It's bullshit. Patty, what do you think? Republican voters in Colorado understand that slogan. Like, what is he trying to communicate to people with that? That's what I'm curious about. Well, it's it's the dog whistle, the proverbial dog whistle to certain people who might come out and vote for him against Doug Lamborn. Hmm. And he's just playing any card he can. Hmm. But again, it's hard to outright Doug Lamborn. But let's go, Brandon, would attract a certain crowd. Big hmm. enough crowd to win the primary? I doubt it. Hmm. Hmm. And also maybe just have a better platform. Maybe just speak to the people with things that you're actually going to do for them. If you think that your current potential challenger, Doug Lamborn, isn't doing right by the people, then show them what you could do. But instead, you're wasting everybody's time and money in courts trying to get let's go Brandon on a ballot. You're in the wrong business, dude. Hmm. Well, um, since the judge's ruling, Williams has has since said, I saw an interview last night that, and this is according to him, that let's go Brandon to him does not mean F Joe Biden. The reason people started saying let's go Brandon was because it was a way to mock the media, people in your profession that are falsely uh, uh, 
trying to push a narrative that just isn't there. How yeah. stupid do, does he think we are? How? He likes NASCAR. Even if you <sighs> like race car drivers, you don't get to put that on the ballot either. So whatever his nickname might be, and I have several more I would like to call him, uh, that there's just no justification. That's the other thing. It's not like this is a nickname he grew up with like little Mitt Romney. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think that's a perfectly good place to end it. Uh, Bree, Patty, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks, Paul. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. And we're back. Bree is back with me for this second segment, and... We've got uh, we've got somebody new on our third mic. Patty had to step away. Our producer, Xander McMahon, is joining us for uh, for the end of the show today. Hey guys. Um, so we have some bittersweet news to report today. More on the bitter side, I think. <laughs> I, I still haven't fully accepted it. Um, but Xander, do you want to? Do you want to? report this news this is your news yeah um i'll just rip the band-aid off i'm i'm moving away i'm leaving colorado hmm. but i guess the sweet part of this is i'm staying with citycast but Yay. not staying with citycast denver Ooh. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about this on the show often enough but citycast denver is part of a national network of of different citycasts around the country we launched with one our sister show in chicago there's a show in Houston. There's one now in Vegas and we're coming soon to Boise and Madison and DC and Pittsburgh and, and Philadelphia. Well, we're already in Pittsburgh, but yeah. Yes. Next next Pennsylvania city we're moving to is Philadelphia, which is where I'm going. And um I will be the lead producer for CityCast Philly. So I will miss you all so much, Aww. but you can still hear me in the CityCast network. Yeah, we'll miss you too. Yeah, it's it's so sad. I mean, leaving leaving our team, but leaving also leaving Denver. Yeah. Though so this has been your home now for years. My entire life. How do you feel about leaving <laughs> Denver? Um, it's really strange, but also exciting. You know, I think that everyone probably can relate to that feeling of like wanting to to branch out from your hometown, mm -hmm. see the world, and yeah, I think it's this is long overdue for me because I, I grew up in Colorado. I went to school in Colorado. I've been working here, and uh, my partner and I are we're gonna we're gonna try Philadelphia out for a little while. Mm. And your kitty, Bunny. And all oh, Bunny's coming with us, of course. <laughs> Would never leave her in Denver. <laughs> we'll miss Bunny too. Yes, um, Bunny's gonna be a Philly gal. Oh yeah. <laughs> So when we first talked about this, I, I asked you this question. I thought we could have this conversation again on, on the air. 
are, are do you have places that you like you've always wanted to go in Denver that you've never managed to like make time for or prioritize? Do you have a Denver bucket list? I guess I'm asking. Yes. And that was actually one of the first things that my girlfriend and I, Cheyenne, that we like just planned to do because we were just like, oh man, we're leaving and there's a lot we haven't done and we want to do a lot of things before we go. So we had already kind of started building this like little personal bucket list before we move. Um, and so when Paul, when you asked me that question, I was like, yeah, I do actually. I have like a lot of things that I want to do that I haven't done yet because, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff to do in Colorado. And you, even if you've lived here all your life, maybe you haven't gotten around to it or I'm also a homebody, so I don't go out that much to begin with. <laughs> but anyways, I feel like I, I would be great if you too could help me decide like, what are some things that I really got to do before I go? Because I, I got to narrow this list down. I'm so curious about your list. Me too. Yeah. Like, I'd love to hear it. Dying to know. Okay. Okay. Have you heard of the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Keensburg? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's a place that Cheyenne and I have wanted to go check out for a long time, but have never made our way up there. Have either of you ever been there? Yes. I love it. Oh, is it It's cool? a fascinating place. It's like a zoo, but they have an entirely different philosophy around how animals should be treated, which, you know, personally I appreciate. Yeah. And like the experience of going through it and relating to animals in this different way and like thinking about how they got there, it's both like educational in a different way than zoos are. And also you get to feel a little bit you feel connected to the animals in a different way. Huh. I loved it. I loved it. It's such an interesting place. Doesn't it have like elevated and elevated walkway? Yeah. So you're like mm -hmm. above the animals, observing them in this much bigger version of a habitat than like a traditional zoo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's the idea. Yeah. And the habitats are like way bigger. So it's more open space. And it's a lot of big cats. And so they have space to run and jump and they play with each other. It's it's cool. Yeah. And I think, I mean, in terms of animal sanctuaries, like this one is pretty top rated in the country. And like, I know that like I, when Tiger King was coming out and all of that crazy mm -hmm. is yes. going on, I feel like people were talking about the sanctuary in Keensburg because I think they might have some of I those tigers. I think they do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is crazy. So yeah, we would love to check that out. So that's on our list. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's a definite go. I would love to do that myself. So okay. tell us how it goes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, this next one might be a little controversial. Okay. I've, I've never been to the Denver Biscuit Company. <laughs> oh, okay. And I feel like that's a place that like out-of-towners get told to go to a lot. And Interesting. I, yeah, I feel like that's like a recommendation. Hmm. Peyton should be on the show. I know. I was like, Peyton's <laughs> over in this next to me having an opinion. I know the Denver Biscuit Company, but I only know their, their nighttime concept when they do the pizza. And the, the pizza they make is okay. I don't oh. know the breakfast stuff as well. Yeah. I love it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I actually like both. I love their pizza and I love their biscuits. I get the Ellsworth when I'm there, which is like fried chicken, honey, and pickles hmm. on a biscuit. I mean, because everything is on a biscuit. Yeah, right. Um, Denver biscuit company. On a, yes. <laughs> it's the whole thing. Is, <laughs> it's on a biscuit. I think it's delicious. And um, I've always enjoyed, I don't know. Okay, that's good. I yeah. feel like I've heard from some people like, oh, it's overrated. So I wasn't, I, maybe that's why I've like never gone. I think sometimes people have uh, high expectations for things that are simple like breakfast food. Yeah. All right. We'll have to get breakfast there. What else you got? All right. Uh, the Coors Brewery Tour. <laughs> Never I, done that. I but haven't done it either. I am so curious because I've driven by it a million times. It always kind of smells like farts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, beer making doesn't smell great no, to me. No, and that, that makes me not want to drink the beer or go on the tour, but I've heard good things. I've heard that it's actually really fun. I would say do it. 
yeah, don't know. It I seems mean, like fun. I really, really want to do a Coors tour. Yeah. I've biked out to Golden a few times and that trail goes right past the manufacturing plant. And it's just such an interesting building, like this giant cement cube yeah, it's plunked not in the middle of a valley. No, it's not attractive So it's at not all. like, what's? isn't the new Belgium one like really pretty? Oh. It's like a yeah. campusy kind of thing. It's like yeah. a different experience, but it's a different era of beer too. That's mm-hmm. true. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. And then finally, my last one on my list is kind of, I don't know, History Colorado. I've never been to that museum. Hmm. The new one? The one that was, uh, they opened, I think, 10 years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, one that's one. like downtown, like right across <laughs> the street from us God. where we How are right now. How long have you been here, Paul? You do sound like me. The new one? The new one? That's been there that's, for a decade? I'm like, oh, is that new? <laughs> it is a gorgeous building. It's a very, very nice building. Um, I think yeah. it's fun. I think it gives you some great context for the state, even when you, like me, grew up here. Um, mm-hmm. They have a little... They have this like alphabet where they go through different things about Colorado and the barrel man, the like the big mm. Denver Broncos. He was like oh. a famed fan and he mm. wore a bear a barrel to games. Um they have like a tribute to Barrel Man. Do they like, have the barrel? I think they do, or they have one that you can put on. I don't oh. know. I can't remember. We've got we've got friends at the at History Colorado who will probably reach out and let I us know so. but i think it's lovely they also have um a fairly deep look at our indigenous history which i think was definitely missing from like museums of the past and i think they've done a really wonderful job of that hmm. so it might be a nice send off for you honestly to go learn a little bit more about the place that you grew up and enjoy a nice day at the museum yeah hmm. So that's four things. And Brie, you said go to all of them. But if you had to pick just one. <laughs> oh, that's tough. So it's Keensburg Wild Animal Sanctuary, Denver Biscuit Company, Coors Tour, History Colorado Museum. I mean, I'd be between the History Colorado Museum and uh, the Wild Animal Sanctuary mm. um, just because I've just seen videos of it and it looks amazing. Yeah. Like it feels like something very special to us. And then I would kind of lean on my nostalgia and love for the state and say History Me- Colorado Museum leave the state with a little bit more knowledge about the place where you grew up. Well, I think we should put this out to listeners. Okay. Listeners, help Alexandra prioritize her bucket list before she leaves for Philadelphia. What is the can't miss place off of that list? And maybe what what are some other can't miss places that you ha- you think that Dude, she should hit before leaving? You're gonna have to come back when Casa Bonita opens. Though. I know. I'm so mad that I'm gonna be gone before I'm they open. I'm a little sad for you. I maybe I'll make a special guest appearance on City Cast <gasps> Denver for that. <gasps> we can oh, all I eat at Casa Bonita. I'll fly in just for that. Oh man, I'm like dying to know what they did to the inside. <laughs> I Me too. Know so bad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that sounds good, Paul. All right, listeners, that phone number for uh, for that for that recommendation for Xander's bucket list is seven two zero five zero zero five four one eight. Leave us a voicemail with your name and neighborhood, or text us, or email us at denver at citycast.fm. Help Xandra make the most of these last weeks, months here in Denver. Yeah, the good thing is, is like, yeah, we're not moving for a little while, so I, I have some time. Okay. But I am leaving this team soon. <laughs> well, Alexander, we'll miss you. We'll miss you. We'll miss you. And that's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Alexander McMahon, and Lizzie Goldsmith. 
Peyton Garcia writes our morning newsletter, and Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren, plus more from the Epidemic Sound Library. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on Twitter at CityCastDenver, and tell a friend about us the next time you see them. You can sign up for that daily newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. Have a great weekend, everyone, and see you on Monday.